Hello and welcome to Switch It, the podcast that long ago banned handshakes, not to mention high fives, bum pats and eye-to-eye contact. Nothing to do with infectious diseases, just good old-fashioned British reserve. Although you can't be too careful giving the characters we get in this studio. Speaking of which, today I'm joined by ESPN Quick Info's UK editor Andrew Miller, a man who would happily serve a month in quarantine as long as there were tea bags, and general editor Valkyrie Baines, whose accent may be a bit dodgy, but her hygiene is impeccable. <laughs> Hello both. How are we doing? Ready to go into lockdown at the first sight of a team huddle? Achoo. <laughs> <laughs> right, sound the alarm. <laughs> no uh, no English reservations here for me. I'm, I'm all for a team hug later. Good, and um, uh, not too too worried about, uh, uh, you know, fist bumps passing on uh, all sorts, uh, Miller. I mean, ah, we, we obviously don't shake hands much in the office. But, I, I spend my life on the underground. I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna gonna go down any any day now. But bring it on. Well, you know, why not? At least I'll get some time off. <laughs> uh, we are of course referring to uh, England's attempts to remain fit and healthy in Sri Lanka over the next four weeks. But before we get into spinning pitches and turning tummies. Let's focus on more immediate matters. Uh, Heather Knight's team have booked their spot in the Women's T20 World Cup semi-finals, finishing as runners-up in their group, and will face India in Sydney on Thursday. That is assuming the weather allows everyone to play ball, Miller. Yeah, the weather. I mean, honestly, who who could have imagined that that, uh, the rain might might kick in and uh, rest day might be a useful thing to have uh, (laughs) instead of having a one-day turnaround between semi-finals and final? It's... uh, yeah, what can you do? This morning's matches were were apocalyptic, and well, the second half of the first one anyway. And um, yeah, it doesn't look good, does it? I mean, it, it, the weather is not promising, and um, we may be in a situation where the, the the top two sides in the groups go through to the final, and uh, that means England won't be there, and uh, the hosts won't be there. It's a it, it's a bit of, a bit of a shame, but. Fingers crossed, the weather may yet clear. That that would be sort of both curious and, and unsatisfactory, however welcome the rain is in Sydney. Um, Valkyrie, the team's new coach, uh, England, this is Lisa Kitely, said before the tournament that she was planning to be in the final. How well are those plans coming together? Well, they are. It's interesting in that England and Australia have avoided each other but not quite the way they expected because if they <laughs> no. had have gone the way it was seeded, they, you know, they would have been um, into the final as, you know, the, the top two from the group. As it turns out, they're both, you know, number two in their respective groups. So that didn't quite go according to plan and that's got to, I guess, raise a, a few concerns. I mean, you know, they talk about, you know, let's play the next game, not, you know, the ones in the past and what have you. But obviously for England, you know, that, that hiccup against... Um, South Africa, who have actually, you know, been the surprise packets of, of the tournament for me, I think, um, you know, re- really did set, set them back in, in that respect. And, and likewise, Australia, that was a, a bit of a shock uh, going down to India. But as it turns out, you know, they've gone, you know, top of their group as well. So, yeah, it hasn't quite gone according to plan. Um, England are on track to make the final. But, uh, yeah, obviously, we, we've got the matter of the semifinals if they happen uh, to, to deal with first. Um, yeah, squeaked through uh, as group runners up, although I mean there wasn't too much uh, competition for uh, that spot in Group B. Miller, West Indies didn't really turn up, and, and Pakistan had one win um, before uh, suffering uh, running into an unformed Thailand uh, earlier today before the rain. Uh, what a story that could have been! England, um, they have the tournament's two leading run scorers in Heather Knight and Nat Siver. 
but batting has been a bit of an issue for them if you get yeah, to no, that opening match against South Africa where well, they stuttered to 123 yeah, totally I mean no one else in the squad has scored more than 50 runs for the for the tournament and, and you've got two guys who scored uh, 400 between them so it, it's a very strange scenario there for England but you know that, that I guess on the one hand you know you, you look at the way that T20 cricket goes and if you have one batsman that gets in they're bad to score most of the runs so you know Heather Knight and Nat Siver have done done the business so where England have fallen down a little bit is is getting a little bit too clever with their opening plans which oddly is almost a, a reverse image of what England's men are doing at the moment with Joss Butler at the top of the order they've decided to break up a successful opening partnership by shoving Butler up to to open there and you know you can argue the toss about that the, the logic there of course being that Butler is the best finisher in the game therefore do you want to have him at the start as well as the finish and ideally you, you, you get him in early and he'll be there to keep hitting the Yorkers for six at the end whereas England women have, have, have gone the opposite route and, and, and broken up their successful partnerships in, 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 in the ODI format um, I, I think it's uh, I think it's felt fallen a little bit flat Amy Jones Managed to get back into the into the top there. Tammy Beaumont came into open. Uh, sorry, vice versa. Amy Jones dropping out and Tammy Beaumont coming up meant that that Jones actually produced a decent little little cameo towards the end there, which proved kind of disproved the logic. Uh, Beaumont getting a, first, a second ball duck wasn't quite what they planned, but I think weather permitting, those are the plans they're going to stick to now going into the, into the into the final stages. And by 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 some strange roundabout route, they might have ended up with the right combination to to get through. Yeah, Valks, is this kind of, is it uh, admirable on the spot kind of uh, changing of tactics or does it betray maybe that England hadn't really thought through this plan? Tammy Beaumont, um, batting as a finisher, but she's going to now go into the knockout stage of this tournament having faced, I think, 12 balls and be asked to open. Whereas Amy Jones, who was talking before the tournament about the chance to set the tone uh, and set the tempo at the top of the order, is, is asked to, to go back down. Um, pragmatism or, uh, or or a side of things going wrong? I think um, Heather Knight said after the last game when they did have Beaumont as opener, she said, uh, you know, it was a case of responding quickly as you have to do in a, in a tournament sort of format. I wonder if it was a little bit late, um, given that, um, you know, Amy Jones had struggled a little bit there. She does like to swing the bat, so it's not a big stretch to have her go down the order and be a finisher. And Beaumont is, you know, quite versatile and has opened certainly um, in one day as a lot. And just having her floating around, they literally called it a, a floating batting lineup to start with. I just wonder if it sort of messed with her knowledge of her role and perhaps they could have bumped her up the order a match or two earlier even. Um, and as we saw, you know, Amy Jones played with a, a bit of freedom in, in that nice... Um, sort of unbeaten 23 that she scored in the last match and you know that that wasn't out of character for her so I don't think it was, was such a stretch to make that move and I wonder if they perhaps could have done it a bit sooner but it's good that they did it you know now. Um, you know, the sort of floating batting orders is something that's talked a lot about in modern T20. Uh, England's men actually don't really uh, seem willing to do that very often you know quite rigid with role definition but there is something to be said about knowing what your job is uh, you know when you come to the crease, what, what you're supposed to do in that role? Yeah, I think I think there clearly is, and I'm, I mean, one person who clearly knows what she's doing at the moment is Heather Knight. I mean, you know, mm. she's she she's really. I mean, Nat, Nat Sivers um, has, has on paper has been every bit as effective, but Knight has been the, the constant in England's performance so far. I mean, she's just uh, just chipped in, and then 
gone long every time she's got involved. I mean, you know, I, I've been really impressed with the way she's not just grown as a player, but grown into her leadership in in the past few years. I mean, you know, she obviously World Cup winning captain. You can't can't sniff at that. But since then, she's taken her game an extra level I think and it's re- been really encouraging to see and Nat Siver likewise there she is um, you know just, just looking like a senior player I mean she's she's clearly a senior player now but she really comes comes to the crease with a presence now that, that perhaps she didn't have in, in previous campaigns so yeah there are there are some really really good signs for England and when you when you balance that against obviously the the, the young spin trio that they've got coming through a combined age of 61 and um and sophie eccleston age 20 is already looking like a veteran it's it's extraordinary there there's a it's a very nice position for england to be in to have this balance of youth and experience and it's it's something that uh the men i think uh are trying to replicate to a degree with with uh you know obviously they've got the core of the guys who've won the world cup and they're trying to bring in the likes of tom banton and you know, make sure that they learn from them. And certainly, doing it in the test squad as well. So it's a it's a it's a nice position for England to be in. Whether it's a a tournament winning position just yet, time will tell. I, I still think they're a little bit short of 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 being the the rounded team that 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 you really do need to be to win a tournament. But then it is a twenty over competition. It may even be a ten over competition come the come the final of the rain, as I say. And um, you, you know, anything can happen. But uh, yeah, after. You know, an Ashes that was a bit of a car crash for England last year. Already, they're looking um, a hell of a lot better as 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 a, as a squad than they than they've been for for a while now. It's quite an ask, isn't it, to sort of for a coach to come in uh, a few weeks out, essentially from a, a global tournament, and put their stamp on on a team like that. Yeah, that's true, and I th- I think she didn't actually try to do that in terms of make wholesale changes it would have been silly too and and she she you know absolutely didn't didn't do that she and she did have some some knowledge of who she was working with she had you know experience over here at Loughborough and and what have you so she she did know who she was dealing with I think she did the right thing in not making wholesale changes I think one thing um Miller touched on the the spinners there but um Sarah Glenn's just been a revelation um and and that's you know, re- really good signs. Um, Everyone needs a leggy in the T20. <laughs> can't hurt. <laughs> um, but yeah, exactly. And just the fact that she's so young, um, you know, Eccleston, um, you know, hard to believe she's not 21 until May and, and she's, you know, just been around for so long. So that's good signs for the future. And um, I think uh, I think Sarah Glenn in particular, she's uh, really grasped at the chance that um, the, co- the coach has given her there and that's been really pleasing to see. Um confusion sort of around the batting side of it you can sort of forgive them um it, we talked about this before with the butler scenario that so many batsmen or batters uh the stats look better when they go up the order i think beaumont actually bats at number three for for southern vipers um but uh, amy jones opens lauren winfield opens who's been a sort of specialist number eight uh, uh for England, in, although she was left out in the last game, I think for uh, the extra spinner in Maddie Villiers. Um, so it, 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 that is just tricky, and, and there's not so much volume of, of T20 cricket played in the women's game, Miller, for, the, for them to sort of really nail down these these different um, aspects yeah, of the. Yeah, totally. Game. I mean, I mean, in, in some ways, it's it's almost easier to be someone like Catherine Brunt, who's who's just got license to bunt it when she comes in, <laughs> and you know she'll get out first ball one day and then then smack a vital ten from four the next. So you know, when you're a specialist batter who's like like Beaumont and, and Winfield, who you know you're judged by. By, by output in, in that field, it must be harder to, to come in and, and be that, that, that closer, that finisher that, um, that, that obviously England require. But, you know, 
it's not it's not the worst of problems to have if if England feel that they there's an obvious fix to make and they've gone and made it and suddenly they've got got uh, Beaumont back in the right place and Jones as 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 the coach said has showed massive character to to adapt to her her new surroundings in in at number six and and come out with what was actually a very important innings because you know the difference between one twenty and one forty was was vital in that match obviously England one of the canter in the end but largely because they had a they had way to runs to to really put the squeeze on and, and put any upset beyond any doubt and as you've mentioned the, the bowling has given them an edge uh shrub soul eccleston have eight wickets a piece leading the way in the tournament sarah glenn has uh six and I mean, they'll doubtless not be uh, short of of uh, chirping uh, if they do get on uh, on thursday uh, this is a rematch of the 2018 semi-final, uh, England against India, when a, a very spin-heavy uh, England attack bowled India out for 112 in Antigua. I think it was a, a, the makeup has changed somewhat. Danny Hazel, uh, Danny Hazel's retired. Uh, Heather Knight actually bowled quite a lot that day, but obviously Eggleston and Glenn and um, Maddie Villiers came in and did well on her World Cup debut the other night. Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I think that uh, Heather Knight had said she'd just been desperate to get out there, you know, as you would be as a, a young member of the squad. But it was just really pleasing to see her take her chance. Um, you know, a, a wicket made and her first um, her first over at a at a World Cup, and you know that that's really pleasing to see. And you can't you can't put a price on the amount of confidence that will give her. Um, it depends on what they're going to go with, you know, for the next match. But it was just, um, I, I guess, reassuring to see her go out, take her chance and, and put her name there as another option should they need and want it. Um, the, the other semi-final, uh, Australia also vulnerable to this, uh, the potential of this washout, having um, lost their opening game of the tournament. A, a, a bit of a shock, although, you know, Given that India is such a coming force, you can't really say it was a, a, a massive upset. Um, they will take on South Africa, who've been in good form. Elise Perry missing the rest of the tournament, though, Miller. Uh, that has got to be a big blow. Oh, it's, it's absolutely massive, especially, you know, a home tournament. So, you know, we've got, we've got Katie Perry waiting in, in a packed, uh, packed MTG. This, this ought to have been the Golden Girls moment, and it's so sad for her that it won't be because, you know, she, she has been head and shoulders the best women's cricketer of, of, of of a generation really I mean you know there there are others coming up the rails but you know she's got a weight of runs weight of experience weight of performance across several disciplines batting bowling fielding you know you you can't you can't argue with what she's achieved and across formats as well because let's not forget she's a a, a bona fide test cricketer too so it's it's such a pity I mean you know you know if it wasn't for the fact that we may be facing a rain-induced washout that would be that would be a terrible blight on 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 the closing stages of the tournament in its own right. Um, but you know, I've enjoyed the tournament actually. I, I, I think it's um, it's been you know fingers crossed about the weather, but it's been a bit like the the World Cup was last year in that you know there's enough jeopardy largely thanks to the hosts um, ballsing it up early <laughs> on and 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 making making a making it exciting. A bit of jeopardy involved there, but ultimately you want the best teams to be in those in those final stages. And without a shadow of doubt, I mean, you know, you could argue that New Zealand, uh, New Zealand or Australia, maybe you know, top, way way up the toss there. But South Africa are worthy semi finalists without a doubt after what they did to England. And uh, you know, the big three are the big three for a reason. They they are the best three teams in the world. So it it. it you know, you don't want to get to a semi-final. You certainly don't want to get to a final. The way where, where um, 
where it's you're thinking, mm, are we sure we've got the right teams here? I'm, I'm looking forward to them, and just uh, fingers crossed. You'd always back the uh, the Aussies when it comes to a tight one against the Kiwis, wouldn't you, Val? So. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would. Um, but I, I do think that, yeah, that that is a, a shame about New Zealand, but that was always, for me, the tougher group. So it was going to be... And, you know, throw India into the mix. And, and as you say, that, you know, they've been playing well and, and coming through really nicely. So, yeah, that was, was the tougher group for me. And one of them had to miss out. It, you know, I guess it was a, sh- a shame for New Zealand that it was them. Um, but, but I agree. I think that the tournament's been great and, and it's it sort of, um, all, all the pieces have fallen in, into place, I think, quite, quite justifiably. Um, on, on Perry, just as you mentioned, that, that is just heartbreaking, um, for her. Uh, it was just one of those cases of, big showcase tournament not going to the script at all I mean this is something she you know she would have worked for she was you know the pin-up of of the tournament it was all meant to sort of fall into place her being you know the star Mm. player for the home team and what have you and it it just didn't happen and that is just just really really sad for her and Australia having lost Taylor Vlamink as well on on the eve of the tournament I think Butch last time we were in here correctly predicted the the last four um but there have been, as you say, encouraging signs of rising standards. I'm thinking of Sri Lanka pushing Australia close. Um, was it three for ten? Mm. Australia were in that chase, and, and you know it took two um, top-class innings from Rachel Haynes and Meg Lanning to get them out of trouble. There, that would have been a, upsetting the apple cart of the tournament. If Australia had lost the opening two games, but then you know even this this final round, which has been uh, blighted by the rain, Thailand coming out with their highest ever T20 international score, 150 for three. Pakistan would have been uh, worrying a little bit about chasing that down, wouldn't they, before the rain fell? I mean, if if any team, you know, cliches aside, if 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 any team are likely to have uh, come a cropper in that in that face of in the face of such runs, you you would imagine Pakistan would be (laughs) one of the teams you'd pick to come a cropper. So such a shame for for Thailand, but you know they didn't seem too phased. They they were they were giving it large to the Venga boys in in the rain. So they they've been they've been they've been a delight, haven't they? They've they've just loved every second of it, and you know they they've done themselves proud. They they put up a really good show in the first game, went a little bit missing in the middle, and then put up their best show. In the final game, it's uh, it's all you could ask for a, for a team, you know, representing their their country on the big stage for the first time, and and really coming 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 good. Uh, they they leave with 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 a lot of friends, a lot of credit, a lot of uh, reason to believe that there, there's more to come as well. So uh, it's everything you'd hope for from the, you know the the expansion side of a World Cup. I mean, all the all the all the talk, all the all the zeitgeist in World Cups in recent times has all obviously been about contraction and. And not not pushing the boundaries of the sport, but here's proof that that there's a, there's an untapped market in East Asia that that you know give it give it a little bit of a chance. Um, you certainly get enough teams touring out that neck of the woods these days, in in whether it's development tours or women's tours or age group or whatever. Give it a chance. There, there's clearly some rub off effect of, of 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 excellence breeds excellence, isn't it? And uh, yeah, I've enjoyed watching them. Um, and a word on England's opponents. Uh, Semi-final about some from Shafali Verma at the top to Poonam Yanev at the bottom, and um, they've been very impressive. Yeah, they really have, and and I think you, you just sort of you picked out the the two star players there. They have just been outstanding th- throughout the tournament. So I think they they do pose a, a big challenge for England, and um, it's gonna it's gonna be a, a great match. Really, really, really great. They obviously played uh, twice in, in the tri series before uh, the tournament, which I think I think won one a piece. 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so yeah, they 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 split that series be- between them. So uh, yeah, the, you know, take take from that what you will as a, as a guide, and then and then flip it and say, you know, this is a World Cup semi final. Anything can happen from from here. So I'm really looking forward to that one. I think it'll it'll be a cracker. I mean, I'm looking. I'm, I mean, you know, you look down the list of, of players, and you know, most of the big players in the world have 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 poked their nose up. Whether it be Lucille Lee or, or, or Meg Lanning, as you mentioned, Rachel Haynes, and obviously the England's big guns have, have done it. But the one player so far who hasn't really made an appearance is Smriti Mandana. Mm-hmm. And she's she's overdue. It's a 38 runs in in three innings. I mean, she's 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 too too good to go missing for much longer. So, uh, um, yeah, uh, she's obviously one to 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 fear. Um, but you know, I don't know. England, England. You know, another player, I guess, who who perhaps hasn't produced her best yet is Catherine Brunt. Mm-hmm. She's you know every now and again she just looked as though she you know obviously she's thirty four now. Uh, she broke down mid tournaments last last World T Twenty or pre tournament, wasn't it? She she had a back problem. Um, you you wonder whether this is this is her last her last real chance at the highest level. Um, and I hope she can go out on a high because I mean, what, what a what a what a champion cricketer she's been. I mean, I still remember. Obviously, she was a star of the of the World Cup final in 2009, Lords with a black eye and all the rest <laughs> of it. it was a, you know, she, iconic breakthrough performance from an England player. And you know, to, to think I was watching actually watching highlights. So it's been on repeat in, in the rain this morning watching highlights of women's World T20s gone by. And you look back at some of the the figures, Charlotte Edwards and Holly Colvin and 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 players who. Who are, who are, you know, quite a long way removed from from active cricket these days, and, and you think that there's Catherine Brunt still still charging in like a bull. So she's, um, yeah, I, I I hope she can go out on a high. Well, the final is at the MCG on Sunday, uh, which is also International Women's Day. The organisers are hoping to get in a record crowd for a women's sporting event. So let's hope the rain uh, holds off later in the week. Any particular Katy Perry favourites either of you are looking forward to? I, 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 I can't. Get away from Raw. I've got two daughters. What, what, what can I say? I thought you were going to say I can't pick one. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you take me for? Uh, too many be, to choose. It's going to be firework for sure. Good. Well, let's hope it's not a damp one. Um, <laughs> England's men, uh, meanwhile, have arrived in uh, Sri Lanka, uh, ready to get their hands dirty, figuratively at least, uh, in pursuit of 120 precious World Test Championship points. Um, they do so having uh, already taken a hit in the pace stocks after Mark Wood was ruled out with a side strain. Uh, this is clearly a setback, Miller, um, afterwards impressive showing in South Africa earlier this year. But, I mean, are there worse tours he could miss, given England's yeah. <laughs> overarching goal for him in Tess is the 2021-2022 Well, exactly. Matches? I mean, it, it, what, what are you supposed to do with Wood? I mean, you, 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 kind, of, you, you kind of build in the breakdowns into, 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 the, into the cycle. I mean... We know from previous experience of watching Wood in action that he will come bursting back like a like a Labrador puppy. He doesn't he doesn't he doesn't doesn't hold back. Uh, he, he doesn't doesn't take time to sort of ease his way back into full pelt. He'll just he'll just come bounding in and and ready to wreck himself again. It's 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 inspiring actually. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm in awe of his his in, in unbreakability. Yeah. But at the same time, he does break. Speaking as the indestructible sportsman you are. Well, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to head my way through the squash court. Quite um, but no, he's he's um, yeah, you're right. Of all the places and all the moments for him to break down. Ahead of a two-test tour, where frankly the spinners are going to be carrying the bulk of the bulk of the load anyway, I'd rather he broke down now rather than break down at the end of the Colombo Test and then suddenly have um, 
three months of rehab, taking him out of the whole of the England season. Um, but you know, it's a, it's it's just a shame for him, really. You know, never mind the never mind England's balance. It's just he was so excited and so pleased to have to have played his back-to-back tests in South Africa and been man of the match in the second of them, obviously with with unbelievably good pacey performance at, at Johannesburg. Um, he'll be back. I, I think we, we we can take that as read that that he's he's not gone yet. He's got he's got plenty left to prove. He's enjoying his cricket, uh, and you know there was a sort of sense in the in the ECB press release that, the, that there was a there was a precautionary element to to him being out of the entire tour as well. I mean, a small tear, which obviously would get a big tear, but if he if they push him through it, but you know a bit like Bill Anderson, he's 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 itching to get back out on the field, and it's it's not a terrible place for England to be, but yeah, it does leave them. A bit barren for, for the coming days. Well, with uh, Jofra Archer obviously having uh, been ruled out earlier with a, uh, an elbow stress fracture, um, that's, that does deprive England of that sort of top-level pace that they've sort of become a bit used to having over the last six months or so, unusually. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's true. And then, yeah, obviously the the injury to Anderson as well, they're, re- they're really struggling with, with those, you know, pace stocks at the moment. I think the tricky thing with Wood, first of all, is sort of we talk about managing your fast bowlers and you almost because he does break down so frequently you that's kind of dictated the management of him and you also have to manage him against himself because i mean <laughs> totally. obviously when Joffre Archer couldn't bowl in the the last match in South Africa would you know, really, really wanted to play, and there was, you know, it was probably unlikely to had Archer been fit, and he sort of, they had to go with him, and he, you know, would have been desperate to play. But you know, if if they had one more option, then you know they could have managed that, and then perhaps you know, this wouldn't have happened. So, yeah, it, it's an interesting one. You just have to go go with what what stocks you have, and and the injuries that you have. But I think, um, obviously, sort of. As you mentioned, keeping him out probably for both of the tests in Sri Lanka, even if he could have played the second one, is wise. Um, Archer, obviously, that you know they don't have that that choice there. As much as he might might like to come back as as soon as possible, a, a stress fracture is you know pr- pretty serious for a, a fast bowler, and you know he he just has to sort of you know go with his his natural recovery there. Indeed. Well, on, on the subject of uh, Jofra, uh, our own Alexis Nunes uh, recently sat down with him for a series of exclusive chats in Barbados. Tough gig, I know. Um, here's what he had to say about his workload under Joe Root, uh, something which has been a major talking point since his stress fracture was diagnosed. It's not his fault I'm injured. I've seen that a lot, actually, and... It's not his fault, it's not my fault, it's not anyone's fault. You know, you can't... If everyone knew when you were going to get injured, then there wouldn't be physiotherapists, there they, they wouldn't be any injuries, really, you know. So, I just don't like when people get blamed wrongfully. Um, Those uh, waves, oh, I was really feeling that. <laughs> soothing, soothing <laughs> stuff. Um, and then sort of admirably philosophical sort of response from Joffre, or, or kind of what you would expect him to say? Well, kind of half halfway between the two, actually, because, to be honest, I don't often expect Joffre to, to say much. I mean, it's a credit to Alexis that her relationship with him is such that she's got him to say something interesting, because he's he's, <laughs> he's not the most not the most forthcoming, let's say, in, in press conference. Plays his cards close. Yeah, he does. But yeah, it was, it was having said that, he, yeah, it was... I suspect privately he may be maybe a little bit more um, 
or point, pointing the finger. I mean, I, I you know, I, we all remember after that that spell at Lords, um, he he tweeted a gif of, a, of an old man climbing out of his <laughs> sofa to, to give give the, give the impression of a guy who'd been through a workload he'd never encountered before in his life. And it's you know, it's no secret we banged on about it a lot in this pod. And to be honest. A lot of what he was saying there was a response to the sort of things that that we've been arguing that that he has been mismanaged by 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 England and they need to get better at it. Uh, I don't think I don't think that position changes. Frankly, I think um, if anything, the way they've tried to treat Wood in in recent times is is evidence that they're getting better at handling fast bowlers. But when Joffre does come back and. You never know. He may be back in time for Rajasthan Royals because they, they, the IPL. You know, Rajasthan paid an awful lot of money for for Joffre's services. They're they're rather keen to see <laughs> some bang for their buck. So I I suspect there will be a a bit of a tug of war there, and Joffre seems keen to get back for the IPL. So that side of his workload is not going away. He's still going to play the franchise tournaments. He's still going to be the the man in demand in every format, and therefore something has got to give. Otherwise, the thing that gives is Joffre himself. And so. England have just got to be more smart about this. They've got to realise that if there is a situation where, you know, Joff, can you bowl us just one more over? Just think, no, give it to someone else. Just bowl, you know, bowl Keaton Jennings. I mean, who cares? <laughs> just, 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 just look after this asset because if you don't, you, you're going to lose him. We'll come to Keaton in a bit. I mean, um, there is, of course, a T20 World Cup for the men later this year. So, uh, arguably, that is more of a priority for uh, Archer and England's kind of management of him. Chris Silverwood has talked about whether they deploy Archer or Wood, kind of one or the other. Obviously, on this tour, they're not going to, it's going to be neither, uh, not going to have that option. But, I mean, it's worth remembering that was, uh, in 2018, England won 3 0 in Sri Lanka, and uh, James Anderson, Stuart Broad, and Sam Curran took two wickets between them. So it's, it's going to probably not be the quicks that uh, form the decisive point of the attack yeah absolutely it's it's going to come down to the the spin and as Miller mentioned you know the the time for these injuries is actually quite um you know okay this time around given that that that's the next uh tour on offer um but yeah I think with Archer you know sitting on a beach ask the question directly he's not going to turn around and bag his captain but if he's called upon to bowl his umpteenth over in a match he might be grumbling under his breath a little bit you know so yeah it's one of those things I guess you know in if he looks at the big picture and says well you know it it, it is what it is it's not you know anyone's fault and 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 so on but um but yeah I, I think you're right and the, the the management has to be better in looking after these um these assets and and as you say it's okay now that they're going to Sri Lanka and it's it's going to be all about the spin Um, come future tours it it might be have to be a little bit more uh, planned I mean as as we've mentioned before but it it bears repetition I mean we're reaching a stage where England have got probably three players who are absolutely integral to the success of their three biggest or four biggest targets, which is Ben Stokes, obviously, and Wood and Archer as the, as the 90 mile an hour bowlers that you, you simply can't replicate. I mean, you can, you can, you can hope that Ollie Stone, for instance, mm-hmm. comes good, but he's not a proven match winning 90 mile an hour plus bowler yet. And therefore, you've got to, you've got to look after these assets. And in the short term, you know, realistically, England have got home summer that, you know, is a pretty low-key test summer with, with the greatest respect to Pakistan and West Indies. And then they're going to India for five tests where 
let's be frank, with the best will in the world, there's no no way on earth England are ready to win in India with the team they've got. I'm I'm willing to be held up on this in <laughs> in, in February when they when they've when they've cruised to Alistair Cook esque like glory. A good doomsay. Well, I love a good doomsay because it's, it, it, you know, let's face it, England are still not a brilliant Test team. They beat a pretty average South Africa. They lost to a very good New Zealand. And they're likely to get trounced by India because Virat Kohli on home soil is going to be vengeful. But, you know, further down the line... England only lost 1-0 in New Zealand, whereas India have just lost 2-0. Uh, indeed, well, indeed, <laughs> indeed therefore, therefore India will beat them more heavily, I think. Anyway, but my point, my point being, in the short term, we've got back-to-back World T20s and, frankly, Archer and Wood, I would prioritise their form and fitness for those over and above any Test cricket coming up. Because, you know, when it comes to it, there'll be a build-up in time for the Ashes. There'll be first-class games. There'll be all sorts of things where you can hone the skills and the fitness and all the other bits and pieces required. If those two, and maybe even three, with, with Stokes to a degree, if they have to miss Test cricket in the short term to make sure they're ready to hit the ground running for what really matters to this England cycle, which is the Ashes, I think there's logic in that, frankly. But, and it's, but it's only logic because in between whiles, there are two very important goals to be had in the two white ball tournaments that this team, this white ball team, are perfectly, perfectly capable of winning. Sounds to me like you're uh, disregarding World Test Championship points. Uh, well, uh, right, left, and centre here. Well, let's face it. Um, the, the, the one, the one <laughs> thing to say about that is the World Test Championship is utterly impenetrable. I mean, we we know that. We know that for a fact because you know the, the, there is a. You look at the table after India have just lost to New Zealand. And talking to a fairly senior ECB official yesterday, he admitted, look, I have no idea whether this is a good thing or a bad thing for England's chances. It's, it is that much of an impenetrable nonsense at the moment. You never know. It may, it may, it may become a bit like, you know, the, the, the lines on the matrix. You may, st- may, uh, the, may start to decipher the, the, the hidden code and make sense of it in, when it comes close to the crunch. But right at the moment, it makes no sense. So I would, I would, uh, I would focus rather more on 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 the trophies or on the processes. Yeah, I think even after three films, the Matrix didn't make any sense. Um, <laughs> Should have stopped at one. <laughs> Back uh, to Sri Lanka, uh, the men that, that turned it in every sense last time were Jack Leach, Moeen Ali, uh, and Adil Rashid. But for various reasons, only Leach uh, is included this time around. In Rashid's place is Lancashire leg spinner Matt Parkinson who's been subjected to a lot of scrutiny this winter, as, as he told Matt Roller in an interview on the site. Yeah, that, that was really interesting to, uh, to get his take on that because, it, yeah, it, it has been a difficult time for him. He sort of got plucked out, you know, he was poised to, to get his chance. I think he had um, a decent performance in New Zealand and then dropped off again and, and didn't get another chance and yeah two t20s in new zealand and then and then two odis in south africa it's a sum total of his exposure but uh, 100 balls i think he's bowled isn't mm-hmm. he yeah right so it's really it's really difficult for him to say one way or another yeah i can make a go of this or or you know i'm struggling here because he just hasn't had enough exposure so it would be good to see him get a, a chance over there and and just sort of t- see if he can take that next step and this is the perfect stage for, for that to be tested because as matt also pointed out he's, he's one of only three players three england players who have played in all, all five or been picked in all five of their their, their squads in in all three formats this winter you name the other two well i have read the article so uh, <laughs> well, well i leave a, know, a rhetorical question for for, for, pop, yes, for the listeners but, encourage uh, them to uh, <laughs> go and seek that out um He's, a, he's still a young man, uh, Parkinson. Um, but I mean, he, he spoke was 
quite a lot of maturity, I thought. Um, something he said, the higher level you go, uh, you need to keep on improving, and I might need to bowl quicker. Uh, might need to add a few more variations, but the way I bowl has got me there, so I'll trust it. If it doesn't work over a decent period of time, then you can reassess, but being written off after a a game is a bit harsh. I mean, that that has been the thing, hasn't it? The the, the pace at which oh, he bowls, or or the lack of pace. But yeah, totally, the lack of pace. I mean, there were there you know, Twitter is a fascinating place um, during a during a match, and you know, there are certain certain voices on Twitter were were, were, were sort of throwing the question out: How long is it going to take for the commentator to start commentating on Matt Parkinson's pace? And as it happened, it took two balls. Um, <laughs> so you know, the poor poor chaps on a hind to nothing. But you know. Admittedly, they're not they're not remotely well. They are remotely, but they're not they're not com- completely applicable. But you know, we've seen the success of Poonam Yadav in in the women's World D20 bowling a pace that is so slow. I I can't you know if it, if it was a bumblebee, it would fall out of the sky. It's it's got absolutely no no oomph on it, but it works. It just gets to the other end, and it it causes causes the brain to melt in flight because it just looks like it's going to come down. Then it pitches and does something different. So the fact that he can bowl slowly is not a bad thing. It's whether he can bowl slowly and also bowl quicker is is the thing he's got to work on. Just just bowling quicker and getting quicker and ending up bowling darts is not going to help anyone. But the fact that he has got to international recognition with a a flighted leg break is surely that's got to be a good thing. The fact that he you know when push comes to shove he will know how to toss it up and drag a play, player out the crease. That's got to be an asset. Um, you know, it's adding, adding to his repertoire, adding a, a serviceable googly, adding a quicker ball, adding all the other things without losing what he's got is what it's about. But um, yeah, just to bag him for for being slow is missing the point. I think. And, and it's Adil Rashid has had commentary about sort of how quick he bowls over uh, over his career, and and it's worth remembering how long it took him to flourish at international level. Um, well, indeed, we were talking of, about 2009 yeah. and Catherine Brunton earlier. I mean, that's when he that's when he broke onto the scene, and uh, and he you know he looked uh, he looked promising as as you do at that age, and, and then took an awful long time to come to fruition. But he did, and so you know, give him time. Um, among the touring party are a handful of players who've been impressing for the Lions in Australia over recent weeks. Uh, Jennings, who you mentioned, uh, captained the team to an impressive win at the MCG under lights. Um, a game in which uh, he, Dom Sibley and Dan Lawrence all scored hundreds against you know, a pretty strong Australia A team. Um, there'll be G- Jennings, Sibley, Zach Crawley and Dom Best, the, the, the other spinner we haven't mentioned, will be vying for selection um, in Sri Lanka. I mean, it might have seen slightly odd preparation for uh, a tour of Sri Lanka, sending all these players to Australia. But, I mean, they're coming in, form against the Red Bull... Um, you know that that can only help them hit this right. And there's two warm-up games before the test, yeah, as well, I, I, which is sort of a bit of a throwback. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I mean, it's you know, it is increasing the case for England, and you know, the, we look at the the state of the county championship and the and the gripes about it not preparing players properly. It's not 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 all bad, but it's certainly not all good when it comes to preparing players. And increasingly, the Lions is being set up to be to not be so much a, a next step but to be a sort of parallel universe that that makes you get your head around playing for England before you have to play i mean you know it, it's um, we talking to mo bobat yesterday the uh, um who, who used to be bigwig who basically said that you know one of the key things about the, the the mcg match wasn't so much winning it was the fact that these guys have now walked out down the tunnel at the MCG into a pressure, pressure situation and have won it. And, you know, when, as and when they get picked for the Ashes Tour in two years' time, they'll have that, that muscle memory 
and and they'll be able to say, yeah, I've been in this situation before. They're not going to be thrown in absolutely fish out of water, thinking this. Well, this is this is this is a whole new ball game, and I've got you know, scary fast bowlers at the far, far end and arg. Um, there's going to be a certain amount of similarity, even down to you know the badges, the clothing, the the the, the coaches on the sidelines. There's there's enough in the Lions' experience that augments what they've got, rather than rather than just um, is taking away you know rest and recuperation. Go back to counties in one thing, but a bit of continuity, I think, is is certainly beneficial. Yeah, I think I I would agree in the sense that you know we talk about pack schedules and playing too much and that's for the older more established players these are young guys trying to break their way into the team it's a time of year when they weren't going to get cricket elsewhere actual competition cricket so why not go out there and and play keep your form going we saw i think with um Dom Sibley, he kind of eased his way into form. It took him a couple of, you know, a couple of matches to, to really make that breakthrough. And I think for him, it's important to keep that rolling. Similarly, um, with Dom Bess having had that, you know, five for in South Africa, then to just take a break and, and you know, be training in the, in the nets here or, or whatever, I, I don't think that would have been a good thing. Keep it rolling and, and you know, keep going and, and that's going to build their confidence, build their experience and, and get them those breakthroughs. I think for, for this group of players at this time of year, that was the right thing to do. It does It does feel slightly though as, as though England are sort of treating their their Lions or the, these, these, these kids as a bunch of laboratory rats just because, you know, they don't quite trust the system that they're in but they've got to find a way to sort of breed a a generation to replace, you know, the likes of uh, Anderson and and Broad and you know Cook as well, guys guys mm. who have been the absolute backbone of the England squad, and you know they're there. They have it's self evidently over the last few years. There's been no obvious replacements for these guys. We've seen that because they've come and they've gone and and they've not they've not really scratched the surface. But suddenly, you know, we've got a little little bit of a sense that there are a few sort of ready made ready made replacements. Um, who knows? They, they, they certainly they, they came through well in South Africa when given the chance, and um, yeah, with any luck by by the time we get again get to the Ashes, and with due respect to the India tour, I think that's too soon for pretty much all of this squad, apart from maybe Keaton Jennings give <laughs> prove prove his point in Asian conditions once more. <laughs> but but you know further down the line, that's really the end game, and you know these twenty twenty one year olds, or you know twenty what was he twenty three now, Dan Lawrence? But uh, yes, yes. I mean, you know, he'll he'll be twenty five, and you know, he, I mean, he looks he looks a prospect. I mean, watching him in the county cricket, uh, I mean, I've I've been staggered actually over the last few years. Just just what a unit he is. I mean, even when he was like eighteen, nineteen, he looked about looked about twenty nine. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, the, again, it's it's for him. It, it, this the, the experience of scoring runs is 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 a self fulfilling prophecy. He's, he he feels as though he's done it in an England shirt at last. Um, not at last, but he's got the opportunity. He's done it, and you know that that surely can only augur well going back to Essex in the short term, and and potentially an England debut in the summer. That's right. I mean, he's a, a former England under nineteen, two-time championship winner, part of the Blast team that won last year. But most importantly, he's an Essex boy, so you know, <laughs> is worth uh, bucket loads of runs at some point. I mean, he, uh, he has been the standout performer, uh, Valks in in Australia for the Lions, four hundred and ninety-three runs at ninety-eight point six. Uh, and 11 wickets as well, uh, with his slightly sort of frog in a blender-esque. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that proved to be a great opportunity for him and, and he, he just took it and, you know, really put himself in the, the forefront of, of people, people's minds. I think for, like you say, that next generation coming through, I mean, obviously he was in their minds or he, he wouldn't have been there in the first place, but to actually sort of 
prove himself there. I think you know that that's great for him, and yeah, hopefully he uh, he gets a chance sooner rather than later. I mean, I mean England Lions or England A or England B or whatever you want to call them. I mean, over the years, it's it, it, the results have become less and less important. It's it's about the characters that that emerge from them. I mean, and I can't recall a. Certainly, you know, I've not seen much as back in the day. I've not seen the number, not seen the performances, but I've seen the numbers. And I haven't seen a player stand out on the scorecards on an A tour since Kevin Peterson in India in 2004. We all know what happened next. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that, you know, again, it's it's never healthy to to put the next KP label on anyone. But there, there's been something, certainly been something about his his hunger for success on this trip that's, that can only be a good thing. So, um, fingers crossed about that one. And uh, obviously England had a, a new opening partnership uh, in South Africa. Rory Burns won't be on this trip, still recovering from the football-related uh, <laughs> injury he suffered. Um, what odds do you think of, uh, of the Jennings comeback being completed? You're talking of players that have uh, taken stick uh, in the Twitter sphere and, and everywhere else for their techniques and the way they play the game and well, so on, but he's, he's still there. Well, was he? We averaged 48 or something in, in Asia with two centuries. I mean, it's, you know, it, it's a body of work, isn't it? And, um, you know, I don't, again, I'm, I'm not averse to the notion of expanding England's footprint in, in Test cricket. Just for the reasons I said earlier, you know, you've got to get to a position where you can rest key players, where you can be in a position where you, almost like Premier League football's gone. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm not quite old enough to remember the days where you could get, get through an entire season with 11 players, but, you know, that that until recently has been the sort of attitude that international cricket has taken. You play your best 11 all the time. Remember a few years ago when Broad and Anderson were arrested for an Edgebaston test? It caused, caused an absolute stink. Um, but, you know, it had it has to be done. Tino Best scored 95 from number 11, so that was, you know... He certainly did, but the, the point being that that was the first time it had been tried by an England team to, to not play your best available 11 in a test test match. Look at any Manchester United team that, that, that won, won the... How many Premier League games? I mean, Liverpool arguably aren't, aren't mixing matching quite to the same extent at the moment. But you know, there, there is a there is a logic to having a, a wider footprint there, so that you've got guys who can drop in to whatever roles required. Be it, you know, be it a Cole, be it a Sheringham, or or not. I'm not going to go into too far into the football analogy because I have no idea about football really. But the point still stands that it doesn't hurt to have a guy who you think this guy will actually do well in these conditions, but he can take a hike on a cold cold Tuesday in Derby. <laughs> I think we, we do it across formats, don't we? Although there is still a bit of holding on to play your best 11 across all formats. Sometimes as we've seen the debate with Joss Butler, I suppose, is he a test guy? Is he just a T20 guy? Is he just a white ball guy? That kind of thing. So we do have specialist players in formats and there is still that wanting to hang on to players and give them, you know, the most chances. Similarly, you can do that, as you say, across conditions and across countries and across tours. The only issue with that is that it requires depth at the moment. England have it or are developing it you may get patches where through injury or you know the the performance system or you know the next generation or whatever doesn't provide that depth I think England are in a great position at the moment to do that and develop that and maybe they can get a bit of a blueprint for continuing that in the future and maybe that is the the way that will go is sort of you know having specialist format players specialist conditions players specialist tour players but but, I said that I mean you know you it's weird that Jennings, the Jennings debate should be such a debate because it's not as if we haven't had a situation for 
the entirety of cricket, whereby you, if, if it's spinning conditions, you play two spinners. If it's not spinning conditions, you play one, maybe none. <laughs> if it's spinning conditions, you play a spinning, spin competent batsman. I Different mean, rules I, for bowlers and batsmen, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. I, but I, I, I don't, I don't necessarily see a problem there. It, it, you know, I wish him luck, but I also don't expect him to to be much of a factor outside of Asia. But uh, that's all right. We can we can live with that. Or maybe there'll be room for him in Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's uh, setup. Who knows <laughs> if it doesn't go well in Sri Lanka, where it is going to be, uh, yes, hot, sweaty, and a bit of a grind. And I'm not just talking about recording this podcast. Uh, <laughs> the first test uh, gets going on March 19th. Uh, we'll be back having wiped ourselves clean before then. With that thought, my thanks to Miller, Valkyrie, and to all of you for tuning in to the Switch It podcast on ESPNCookInfo.com. Mm-hmm.